0: And now, broadcasting from the 960 The Patriot Studios in beautiful Arizona, your car insiders.
2: Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? On the road again, going places. Good morning, and welcome to your car insider on 960 The Patriot. My name is Gary Green, and I'll be your host for the next hour on 960. And uh, each week, I try to share some helpful hints on the car buying process. What's going on in the car business? What's you know best way to buy a vehicle? And you know, I I do a lot of research on MSN, and they kind of changed how their website goes. So I had to go through, and, and you go to cars, and then you go to research, and. A lot of the stories that you're reading lately are about everybody with these EV cars, and now they're talking about a $12,500. Now, remember, it's a tax credit. It doesn't mean you get $12,500 off the car. It doesn't mean that you take – it means it's a tax credit of $12,500. But it was just kind of funny because when I was going through the articles – They were talking about all these electric cars, all these hybrids that are coming out. Uh, The new 15% of Bronco buyers opted for a manual transmission. But one of the things I saw that was an interesting article, and I kind of got a kick out of it because it hit a spot, was what's your wildest rental car experience? And I have my way of renting a car. I rent my cars through enterprise 99% of the time, or Hertz, the other 1% of the time. And lately it's been Hertz, but I haven't really traveled because of everything that's going on. So I went back to New York. Uh, if you've been listening to this show, if you can't tell from my accent, I grew up on Long Island. And when I was a little kid, when I say little, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, a lot of kids on the block my age, and we all played sports together whether it was basketball in the neighbor's backyard, basketball in my friend's driveway. Uh, We played uh, telephone pole to telephone pole, uh, touch football. We played tackle football and we played baseball in a water tower and not in the water tower, but it was an area that was fenced off and it was the South Farmingdale water district little area. And they had a fence that we climbed the fence and they didn't care that we were in there playing baseball or playing football. And they went as far as that they actually removed some of the barbed wire so that we didn't get hurt climbing over the fence. And one of the guys would actually leave the gate unlocked for us. And he would just say, hey, when you're done, close the gate and lock it. So years go by. I moved to Phoenix, Arizona, and I marry a gal and I'm going back to New York for a vacation. So I pick up my black Dodge Charger at the airport and I'm driving around and my wife had said to me, hey, do me a favor, take some pictures of where you grew up. So I go by the old house and I take some pictures and I said, I want to take a picture of the water tower because of it's where we played when we were kids. So I pull up outside the water tower, and I start taking some pictures. Next thing I notice, the door opens up from the garage that's on the property, and a guy comes running out, screaming at me, "Get the hell out of here! You can't take pictures!" Blah 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 blah. And I said, "Hey, no problem. You know, I'm not looking to do anything. You know." So I, I get in the car, and uh, I drive away. Well, I notice. This guy from the water tower jumps in the beige pickup truck that says South Farmingdale Water District on it, and he starts following me. And I'm not thinking anything of it, but I notice he's behind me. So I'm driving past a friend to to a friend of mine's house. And I drive past a second South Farmingdale water district complex. And I don't think anything of it. I go to my buddy's house. This is Monday. I fly home to Phoenix Tuesday, and Wednesday morning, I wake up to a voicemail, which is unusual to wake up at six in the morning, and you have a voicemail. So I listen to the voicemail, and it says, Mr. Green, my name is so-and-so with the Nassau County Police Department. Would you be kind enough to return my call at blah, 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 blah. And I dial the phone number, and the phone answers, Nassau County Police, 8th Precinct, Homeland Security Division. So the gentleman gets on the phone after I ask for him, and he says, hey, you know, I'm just calling in regards to a rental car that you had, and there's been suspicious activity reported. And I said, really? Suspicious activity I said, did you get a phone call from the South Farmingdale Unified District that I was taking pictures of the water tower? And he said, yes. And I said, well, I grew up across the street. And we were taking pictures of where I played baseball and football when I was a kid. Now, if it helps you, I can rattle off the names of the neighbors that have still lived there since 1958. Because the people across the street from me, the Weisses, still lived there. The Roses still lived there. The Ambroses still lived there. The people behind me, used, this was their name. The people next to them were the Reynolds. After that was this name. After that was, and he started to chuckle. He said, well, you know, you have to understand, you were driving a black car, you had black sunglasses on, and the gentleman thought you were scoping out to damage the water treatment plant. And I said, and he said, but obviously, that's not the case. And he and I had a little bit of a chuckle. And just before he hung up, I just said, hey, let me ask you a question. Am I on some kind of... Homeland security, you know, watch list now? And he said, no, Mr. Green, you're not. And the funny thing was, I had gone back to New York a couple of months later and they gave me the keys. They walked me out to my rental car because it was at MacArthur Airport, which it's, it's when, you're, when you get out of the terminal, it's literally, you know, 150 yards to the rental car. So the young man was walking out with me to make sure there was no damage on the car. And when he points to the car, I said, I'll take any car other than that. And he said, well, what do you mean? I said, I am not driving a black rental car. You know, So that was my, I just happened to catch the article. That was my funny experience with renting a car. But speaking of renting cars, right now it's not a very easy thing to do. And they are extremely, extremely expensive. But one of the things that I like to share is... When I rent a car, I opt to buy the insurance from the rental car company. And the reason I do that is in the event there is any kind of an accident that you're involved in and you're held responsible, you're now paying your deductible to fix their car. You're also paying through your insurance, which means it could affect your insurance rates. So I was talking to the young lady one day when I was actually getting a service loaner from a dealership and it was the Enterprise was across the street and when she said okay you know have a great I said no you know what how much is it for the days insurance she said $18 she said she said okay great charge my credit card the $18 cuz what some people don't realize is in the event you rent a car and you don't use their insurance and the car's involved in an accident. It's my understanding that the rental car can charge you for loss of service of the vehicle while it's being repaired. I always suggest when you're going to rent a car and you have an insurance agent, call your agent and just find out what his thoughts are. I'm not telling you what to do, I'm telling you what I do. If I go back to New York for five days, I pay whatever it is to be covered. And I hadn't always done that. And the first time I did it, I picked up that car at MacArthur Airport and I went over to my buddy Tommy's house, who lived on a private street in Woodbury. And not two hours after I had the car, uh, I backed into a brick wall. Pitch black street. I'm used to a car that's got parking sensors. And I back out of the driveway and it's completely pitch black and there's a berm stone wall across the street at the property line of his of his neighbor's house and I hit the wall so I get out I look at the car and it's not a little dent I I destroyed the bumper of the car didn't break a taillight didn't damage the fender didn't but I I annihilated the bumper and Tommy started to laugh because Tommy owns a body shop he's like hey Gary I'll get the bumper in the morning we'll put it on they'll never know anything So I called the insurance guy, not the insurance, I called the rental company. It was the same young man that had given me the keys to the car. I told him what happened. He said, first of all, are you okay? I said, yep, I'm absolutely fine. He says, would you like a different car? We'll bring a different car out to you in exchange. I said, no, just tell me what to do. He said, well, if there's no other cars involved, obviously you don't need to report anything. But what I want you to do is when you get back, they're going to note the damage and you're going to get a phone call. And that was it. And that was it. Because I paid for the insurance. And I think back then it was about $14 a day. And I'm going to just say one last thing about insurance for today. When you rent a car and something happens and you don't know what you're not covered for, you don't want to find out what you're not covered for when you need it. It's better to know what you are covered for before you actually need it. I want to send out a very special thanks to Joey Staples and Earnhardt Honda for his support of the radio show. Joey's been very helpful with helping clients over the last going on 11 years, purchase new Hondas at Earnhardt Honda, uh, used cars. Uh, they, they they have always have a nice inventory of used cars. Right now, Um, Nobody has a nice inventory, really, of new cars because of what's going on in today's circumstances. One of the things we're going to talk about after we come back from the break is how to spot water damage on a flooded car, okay? Unless, you know, Ida, you know, it's that word, and it's pretty much gone through the whole East Coast uh, from New Orleans to New York and even north of that. So there's going to be a lot of cars running through car auctions that have had flood damage. I thought it was a pretty interesting article. And while we're at it, I want to send out a very special thanks as well to Adam Breen at Earnhardt Hyundai in Avondale. Adam has a great team there. Chris Bowman, uh, Bruce, uh, you know, James, Max, Chris, Shane. Eunice, you know, they're all, uh, they, and they've all worked there for years. It's always nice to deal with somebody when you're buying a car that works at the dealership for more than three weeks. My name's Gary Green. I'm the host of the show, and the easiest way to reach me is 602-525-1370.
1: Valley.
2: Welcome back to your Car Insider on 960 the Patriot. Once again, my name is Gary Green and the easiest way to reach me it's area code 602 525 1370. I want to send a very special out to Troy and Rick over at Lundy's Pure Volkswagen located 8801 West Bell Road. I had the opportunity to help a young man purchase a Volkswagen this week and it was, it was kind of a, not a funny story, but it, it is a story and, and it's one of the most important things. I can only help you buy what it is you want to buy. That's part of the thing you have to figure out. So I had spent about 45 minutes on the phone with this young man's dad's girlfriend and they're a couple my age and the young man is in his thirties and he's never purchased a new car before. And we sat down and I talked and they kind of laid out a pretty good route for what he was looking for. And finally she said, Hey, can can he give you a call? And I said, You know what? He sure can. And just a very nice young man and we, uh, we chatted, and he actually was looking for exactly what the woman had told me. Some kind of a sport activity vehicle, uh, whether it was a pickup truck, an SUV, a this, that, or the other thing. So all-wheel drive was really important and something that was kind of cool. So when you're in a certain budget the cool factor sometimes goes away and it gets replaced with the practical factor. So we had gone out and we went to the Hyundai dealership and they did have one Tucson that had all-wheel drive and wasn't a fully loaded $40,000, $37,000 model. And you could just see he he really wasn't excited about it. So just before we left, I showed him a metallic black Santa Cruz. And Santa Cruz is the new Tucson-based kind of pickup truck vehicle. And it really is an activity vehicle. It's not a pickup truck that you're going to load, you know, plywood in the back of it. It's 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 kind of uh, an extension of what the old Subaru Brat was. You know, it had a small area in the back. It was open. Uh, it had a really nice storage container slash... Uh, I'm losing my mind. I i can't think of the word. Cooler. So underneath the floor of the, uh, pickup, the pickup bed. And you could just tell he, he liked it, but his term was, it's checking off a lot of the boxes, but not all of them. So Adam and I were talking, and Adam said, listen, you don't have to make up your mind right now. I'm driving the car home. It's my demo right now. So just let me know tomorrow if you'd like to buy the car. It'll be here. Don't, we don't take deposits to hold vehicles while you're thinking about it. And the reason they don't do that is inventory is so short supply, it's like nothing I've ever seen before. So the next day about 4 o'clock in the afternoon, I get a phone call from this young man, and he says, you know, I'd really like to look at a Volkswagen. But before we got to that point, while I was driving home, I started getting texts from him, what about a Mustang? What about a Camaro? What about a Jetta? What about this? What about that? And none of those vehicles were all-wheel drive. And I like the way his thought process is working. So we talked the next day, and he decided he wants to go look at a Volkswagen Jetta. So I jump online, I go to Lundy's period Volkswagen, and I take a picture of this Volkswagen Jetta GLI. Click, and I send it to him. I like that. So I said, okay, what time? He says, I can meet you about 4.30. So we get in the car, I get in the car, he gets off of work, and we meet out at the Volkswagen dealership. And parked right out front is this 2021 Volkswagen Jetta GLI. Now, it's white. It's got a little bit of red trim on it. It's got black wheels. It's got a black panoramic roof. It's got black leather interior. And you can just tell from the look on his face, he's liking this. So we went for a ride. We did this. We did that. We did this. He comes back from the ride. We pull his credit. He submits the loan. I didn't really like the rate, so Rich was kind enough to pick up the phone and get him an interest rate that was a little bit better. Uh, based on his circumstances, it was a great rate. Uh, the first rate was a really, really good rate, but the second rate was a great rate. And we got all through everything, and I'm a big believer in extended warranties, service contracts, whatever you want to call them. So when we started to talk about the service contract, he asked me if he could call a family friend. And I don't mind, but don't try to renegotiate the deal after I'm done. You call somebody who thinks he understands how the car business works. Because his advice to the young man was, well, don't buy it, go shopping. So I looked at the young man and I said, hey, you can go shopping as long as you understand that car is the only one in the valley like it. It's the only one. It's the only white GLI Volkswagen Jetta in the valley. Okay, There's a couple of silver or gray ones coming, but for right now, this is the only car on the ground. Where are you going shopping? And he didn't want to buy the warranty because the gentleman told him on the phone, don't worry, you're going to get all these phone calls when your warranty's about to expire and you can buy a warranty through them which had to be some of the worst advice that I've ever heard in my life. When you get these phone calls from these warranty companies and they leave you the message, this is your final courtesy call. Your warranty is about to expire. Well, when you try to call that number back, there's no answer. Okay, you get the doot, 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 or you get the this number is a non-working number. Why would you do business with a company that calls you and then you can't get a hold of them? Okay, There is no better time at buying a warranty than at the time you're buying your car. It's the only time a business manager has any incentive to really do anything price-wise for you. You know, I got a phone call from a friend of mine the other day and he bought two Hondas for his kids. The car's over five years old, and there's something wrong with the vehicle, and it needs a $2,200 repair, a so-called $2,200 repair. So they wanted to know if Honda would participate in paying the bill. And I'm like, the only, you've never serviced the car at the dealership that you bought the car at. There's a thing called goodwill. You have to give the dealership a reason to sometimes get involved with that. But the sad part was they brought the car up to take it over to Earnhardt Honda, and the repair from the other dealership was about $2,200, and they can't duplicate the problem, and the car doesn't currently have the problem, and they've tested the product. They've put dye through the system to make sure there's no leaks after they filled it with Freon. So it's, it's very important, and I can't, I'll tell people this. It's sometimes more important to have an ally in the service department, or it's as important to have a relationship with somebody in the service department as it is somebody in the sales department. Now, I have two Chrysler products. Pete Paps, without a doubt, is the best service advisor I've ever dealt with at Larry Miller Dodge in Peoria. Uh, if he ever left, I would walk right over to Aaron Uh, All the guys there are great. It's just Pete's the guy I have my relationship. I'm Gary Green. I'm the host of the show, Your Car Inside.
1: valley
2: Welcome back to your car insider on 96 of the Patriot. Once again, my name is Gary Green and the easiest way to reach me it's area code 602-525-1370. You know, if you reach out to me and just understand I'm not the salesman in the car dealership. I'm not going to hound you. Uh someone had sent me a text in regards to an issue they were having with the car. I'm not a big fan of communicating back and forth versus texts, and I said, hey, if you could do me a favor, uh, send me the VIN number on the car that you're looking at, and I have some thoughts. Uh, I wanted the VIN number because I wanted to see something about the history of the car, but not through car facts. I was going to call somebody in the dealership to tell me if they could run a service history on the vehicle, and... I got a text back, okay, I'll do that in about an hour. I never heard back, okay? And what you have to remember is if you reach out to me, I reach back out to you, you don't reach back out to me, I'm not going to call you, I'm not going to text you, I'm not going to ask you what you're thinking. Uh, And one of the things I want to touch on is, you know, everybody tells me, you know, what did the Carfax say? What's the Carfax say? What's the Carfax say? And, you know, I have a Carfax in front of me that I asked the client, I'm helping him buy a new truck, if he would do me a favor and send me the Carfax to his truck. I'm sorry, the VIN number. So I could pull a Carfax. And this is the key words in a Carfax. No accidents or damage reported to Carfax. And it's a Carfax one-owner vehicle. I've never seen a vehicle with 90 service history records, it's a personal vehicle, it's a one-owner car I mentioned, it was last owned in Arizona, and the last odometer reading was 449,975 miles. That is correct, 449,975 miles on a 2007 Tacoma double cab pre-runner. Now, somebody will say, how'd the car last that long? The motor's never been taken apart. The transmission's never been taken apart. The rear end's never been taken apart. But the car's been to the same dealership since 2007, and it was actually sold on 11-15-2006. So when my wife says to me, how do those old cars run so long? It's all about that. Now, the car overheated, and the motor is gone. The motor's wiped out. So I was talking to to him about it, and I said, you know, you got to be careful spending any more money fixing that car. And the reason I say you have to be careful is the rest of the car has 450,000 miles on it. So one of the things I want to touch on is remember those words I said. No accidents or damage reported to Carfax. So... I Do I look at Carfax as yes? Do I buy a car based on what the Carfax says? No. Okay. It's a history report. Okay. On damage that's reported to them. They don't guarantee against damage not being reported. So this gentleman, this young man kept asking me about it. So I was going to meet him with his dad and his fiance to talk for a little bit about the cars. So what I did, and it, it took a really long time to find a car. I jumped online and I logged into one of the auctions. And I checked on a car that was in the total resource sale that was a rental car with some damage. And the Carfax showed the accident. Then I went to another vehicle, the second vehicle I looked at. And it was a 2020 Toyota Camry, and or a 19, whatever it was. And it had The front bumper on the right side was held on with zip ties. The left front bumper, left part of the front bumper, and the front left fender were damaged. The right rear quarter panel was damaged, and the rear bumper was popped off the car on the right side. And there it reads no accidents or damage reported to Carfax. Now, If the car runs through the lane at the auction, and that damage is reported at the time of the sale, I'm very confident that the Carfax will change. They do a wonderful job with things that are reported to them, but the key word is reported to Carfax. Not everybody reports to Carfax. Department of Motor Vehicles... A lot of insurance companies now are reporting to Carfax when there was a claim made against the car, and police reports report property you know damage so please i 'm not saying Carfax is a bad thing i 'm not saying it 's a great thing; it is just a tool for you to get an idea now. I looked at a car for a client that was a two thousand and fifteen and it was still an expensive car because it was an s class mercedes and there was nothing on the Carfax about any damage, nothing whatsoever. I didn't like the way the paint looked on the car. It just didn't look the same in all the spots of the vehicle. So I kind of told the guy, hey, I'm just not a fan of this car. Maybe we should keep looking. Now, I also have a young lady who's my daughter that got rear-ended. The person took off And I didn't realize how minimal the damage was when I called the police. So it was a half-inch scratch on the rear bumper that actually reads, Carfax Accident Reported. I'm Gary Green. I'm the host of the show, Your Car Insider.
1: Welcome to Rodeo Ford, located in Goodyear, Arizona, at 13680 West Test Drive. Rodeo Ford is proud to be one of the premier dealerships in the area. From the moment you walk in their showroom, you'll know their commitment to customer service is second to none. They strive to make your experience with Rodeo Ford a good one for the life of your vehicle. Whether you need to purchase, finance, or service a newer or free on Ford, you've come to the right place.
2: Welcome back to Your Car Insider on 9.6 of the Patriot. I want to send out a very special thanks to David Garcia and Alex Medina at Rodeo Ford. Uh, They've helped over the years numerous clients get, you know, new Fords, used vehicles. Always a pleasant experience. Uh, Really enjoy doing business with them. Uh, Also, Chad Sasan at Rodeo Hyundai, I'm sorry, Rodeo Kia out in Avondale, which is right on the same strip as the Hyundai store with Adam and the Honda store with Joey. You know, one of the things I want to talk about, we were talking about Carfax. And one of the things that I do like that Carfax reports, because I'm not bashing Carfax, I'm just telling you, you shouldn't buy the car based solely on what the Carfax says. You got to look at the car. Recalls. If you're buying a car private party, And you can't get a CARFAX. It's very simple. Go to the NHTSA website, National Highway Transportation Safety Administration. And what you want to do is there's a little VIN decoder. And you need to type in the VIN number to the vehicle that you're looking at. And the young man that I pulled the Tacoma CARFAX for over the weekend Last week, he gave me the VIN number from his insurance card. And believe it or not, either he fat-fingered it when he texted it to me or it might have been wrong on the insurance card. But it was right on the title, so everything was fine. But when you go to that VIN decoder, it's going to tell you if there's any current recalls on the vehicle. Now, one of the advantages, if you buy a brand new car and they collect your email address, the manufacturer can reach out to you and send you a letter or an email stating your car has a recall. This is the recall campaign number. This is what it affects. Please bring your car in. But here's the slippery slope of this that I don't particularly care for. If you go to a Ford dealership and you're buying a used Chevrolet and you look at the Carfax and it says Carfax, and in the row it'll say underneath Carfax One Owner, the service histories, it'll say at least one open recall. Now, it might, say, it might not say anything. If there's no recalls, it doesn't say anything. So if it says at least one open recall, you need to look through the Carfax and you need to see what those recalls are. And the most important words in those Carfaxes are, when you're looking at a recall, remedy available. So when you saw that Takata airbag issue years ago, it was remedy unavailable. There were dealerships that were taking cars in in trade that were just getting piled up in the back because they didn't want to sell the cars. Then there were dealerships that were selling the cars with you signing a letter, a form, stating you were aware that there was an issue with the car. Now, if you go to a Ford dealership and you're looking at a Chevy, they're not obligated to fix the recall on that Chevrolet. However, if it's a Ford and you're at a Ford dealership, pretty sure they can't sell the car with an open recall. Now, manufacturers sometimes, when there's an issue with the car, they actually go as far as doing what's called a stop sale, which means they won't sell the car till the vehicle has had the recall fixed. So, I'm going to do something real quick. How many open recalls today? I'm going to see if it pulls anything up. How many? So, when you go to vehicle check for recalls, and it actually comes up the National Highway Transport. How do you find out if your car's on a recall list? What is the most recalled car brand? This is the number one most recalled cars in America. BMW 3 Series and 4 Series, the Dodge Durango, the Nissan Pathfinder, the Ram 1500, Toyota 4Runner, Dodge Charger, uh, Chrysler 300, Chevrolet Tahoe. And there's different years in there, and this article's from 2021. Now, just remember, When you have a recall, and it's something that can be fixed, you take your car in, they fix it, and they end up having the repair done, your Carfax gets updated, and you're good to go. Now, some recalls are really simple. Some recalls. You know, I read one one day that says the vehicle could stop at highway speeds. OK, to me, that's a problem. So it's not just knowing if there's a recall. It's knowing what the recall is. Uh, the recalls expire. While car recalls don't have an expiration date, they are only enforced for reasonable periods, the agency says. Basically, a recall is over if a vehicle manufacturer goes out of business or if the parts needed to make the necessary repair are no longer made. Now, when my wife bought a Dodge truck, we actually had to put the car in service because there was a recall on cars that hadn't been delivered yet, and they actually had to Make sure that it was something to do with the, the, the axles in the rear end of the car. They actually had to take the tires out, pull the axles out, and make sure everything was okay. I don't mind recalls, okay? I just don't like recalls that say no remedy available. If something's on a stop sale, the dealership's not going to be selling those cars, it's it's important for you to know. So if you look at a Carfax and it says that there's an open recall, you want to find out what that recall is and you want to find out how easy it is to get it fixed. Now, I've gone with people to dealerships and they've actually taken the cars for me prior to taking delivery of the car to get the recall fixed. But for the most part, I don't put them through that Uh The last thing I want to talk about today is, you know, I I hear this from people. Well, let me think about it, okay? So, to give you an idea, someone called me for a Subaru a couple of weeks ago. And I'm friends with the general manager in a Subaru dealership, and I sent him a text. And it happened to be the Monday of Labor Day. He started Labor Day Monday with three, three new cars, three. So what you have to remember is he told me at the end of the day, I will have one. I highly doubt I'll sell the manual transmission WRX, but the Forester that I have and the Outback that I have, they will be gone today. And at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, I got a text from him saying, hey, I don't know what your client's thinking, but I only have a WRX. So I told the young man, hey, take a look online for the inventory of that dealership. So one of the things that you'll see a lot on a car dealership is in transit. This vehicle is in transit. Okay, I don't remember what dealership I was looking at, that some of them actually have them on there where it says vehicle in transit, sold order. So when I spoke to this gentleman, he went online, looked at a car, sent me the VIN number. And I sent the VIN number over to the general manager of the dealership and he sent me back. Wow, believe it or not, the car's available. So we started to talk, and I said, "You know, this is a little bit about his trade," and I respected what the GM said. He said, "Gary, listen, it's a two hundred thousand mile trade-in. Uh, I'm not going to resell it, and I'm not going to appraise it before it gets here from Flagstaff. But I will send you a buyer's order that shows what he can buy the car for." He sent me the buyer's order for the what he could buy the car for. I sent it over to the gentleman. And the gentleman said, I'll take it. So I called back, and it's a little bit of a complicated situation because uh, the gentleman that's purchasing the vehicle, the car's being purchased by an estate for him. The trustee of the estate, his sister passed away, and she had actually put together a portion of her estate to buy the father of the church that she goes to in the mountains in Phoenix, you know, she in Arizona, uh, he, he was offered this while she was alive. She didn't take it up on it, but when he found out that she had put this money in her will for him to get a car, uh, it was actually kind of moving. And he is going to pick his car up. I actually dropped the money off to the dealership. The checks were written off of these accounts. And, you know, most dealerships are not going to deliver you in a car with personal checks if you don't sign a backup contract. Now, if it's a dealership that I've done a lot of business with, a lot of times I can get around that. I don't do a lot of business with this gentleman. He's not sticking his neck out. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's confident that the money's good, but he just has to follow the rules of the owner. He's the general manager, but he doesn't own the dealership. It's very, very important that this thinking about it thing, you got to get that out of your head if you're serious about buying a car. You know, Saturday morning last week, I called somebody about a car and it was actually my friend Adam at the Hyundai dealership. And he said, Gary, you're not going to believe it. I just got one. And I got it on a dealer trade. I didn't have one. So they wanted a car that I had, and they gave me back an Elantra. So I called the gentleman, and I said, hey, just want to let you know he has a car. He has one car. It's this, this, this. Let me think about it. Well, he thought about it. And thought it was a great idea, but while he was thinking about it, someone else thought about it and bought the car. So one of the things we used to say in the car business, in the dealerships, when we worked in the dealerships, is while you're here today and you go home to think about it, the person that was here yesterday already thought about it and they're coming in today to buy it. And like I said, most dealerships are not taking deposits so that you can go home and think about it as to what you might think that you want to do. If you're ready and you want to buy a car, you know, this gentleman that didn't buy the Hyundai, I found him a used Honda or I shouldn't say I found him. He found a used Honda and he sent me some pictures to the car and I happened to know the general sales manager of the dealership. So I said, hey, I'm going to let the guy just come in and see you, uh, but I need to know if those pictures of the car were before or after they were detailed. And I always warn people, when you're buying a used car, I'm not a fan of light tan cloth interior. It just doesn't hold up well. Well, these seats look like someone poured a 12-ounce can of Coke over the two seats and He actually said to me, well, I'm going to go home tonight and I'll I'll have the car put into detail first thing tomorrow morning and we'll shampoo the seats again. And he called me later and he says, it's not getting any better than that. Well, I'm not selling you a car. I'm helping you buy a car. I'm not the salesman in the dealership. Uh, You have to understand that if I'm going to help you, you have to trust me. Okay, I spoke to someone, and it was a young lady, and she made a comment about something, and I finally asked her, how many new cars have you ever bought or used cars have you ever bought in a dealership in your life? None. I said, you are not equipped to try to outsmart a dealership on the phone. They train, they practice every single day how to handle people, okay? Now, at that point, I kind of said, you know, if, if you don't trust me, if you're not happy with what I'm telling you, please just let me know. You're not going to hurt my feelings and I'll go on my merry way. And, you know, after the conversations went with that couple, you know, he actually sent me a text apologizing for some of the behavior and asked, would I help? My name is Gary Green. I'm the host of the show, Your Car Insider, the easiest way to reach me. It's 602-525-1370. I'm not the salesman in the dealership. I'm the guy that you're hiring to help you to make sure you're getting a great deal on a car or the best deal that's out there right now.